All right, so right now I'm under quarantine, but don't worry. As I'm broadcasting, I'm wearing a mask. So you're safe. It's the Snark Factor. I'm Fingers Malloy. Thanks for spending part of your Sunday morning with us here on Wham Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM. The very lovely Sarah Smith is womaning the news desk as always this morning. Good morning, Sarah. Also self, also self quarantined over here. Uh, okay, i i gotta I gotta share you uh, share with you this story. Okay, I want to hear all about this. This has been my week, and you are in a similar situation. So. As we talked about last week on the show, we attended the Conservative Political Action Conference in National Harbor, Maryland, the last week of February. And so on March 7th, last Saturday, I am minding my own business, furniture shopping on a Saturday evening because, Sarah, I know how to party. Party night number two. Right. And you know how there always has to be someone in the circle of friends that has to deliver bad news? They have to be the breaking news person. They have to be the Don <laughs> Lemon, Sarah. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, so my Don Lemon hit me up. And she's not normally like that. I shouldn't. I'm, maybe I'm being unfair here by characterizing her as my Don Lemon. But for this story, <laughs> she was my Don Lemon. Right. The Don Lemon in this particular story. <laughs> Hey, did you hear? There was a person who tested positive for the coronavirus attending CPAC. And so I read that, and I think that, Sarah, we had a discussion before CPAC anticipating this sort of thing. Am I not mistaken? Or am I mistaken? We absolutely did. No, you are not mistaken. We did. So, I mean, we were all kind of prepared for this because at one point or another, if you tally up the amount of people who attend CPAC from Wednesday through Saturday, you're looking at 15,000, 20,000 people. And it's people from all over the country. And it's people, it, the, the, the conference itself is held in suburban Washington, D.C. So there's a very good possibility that people who recently visited China we're, we're at the Gaylord. Oh, sure, absolutely. National Resort. So we weren't surprised. I am a hypochondriac, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Uh, within a half an hour, Did you, your th- your throat <laughs> your throat immediately started hurting. Yeah, for me it was. I started yeah. getting dizzy because I, I I my first experience with coronavirus footage was seeing a security guard in China walking down the street and then just biting the dust just falling oh face first oh gosh yes I haven't seen that one. Oh, and who knows if it's true right so, it could be he was just a drunk we don't know right exactly uh, and he could have been dressing up as a security guard on Halloween, and it may not have even been China. It was just on the road, and somebody said, look at this Chinese security guard had coronavirus and fell forward. So, naturally, I'm starting to think, oh, I'm getting dizzy. I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> I mean, I could talk myself into anything. I, if I got uh, some sort of abdominal, abdominal pain, I could double over and say, my ovaries. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could talk myself into it. 
We all have our talents, fingers. <laughs> That's true. So, this was on Saturday night, March 7th. I got home. I had a minor medical procedure scheduled for Monday at 8 a.m., Monday the 9th. And okay. I thought to myself, well, I listen, um, I have snake bitten luck. And there were little... There's, there was little information coming out from the American Conservative Union about the person who tested positive. It was just that he tested positive, and he was receiving medical treatment in New Jersey. But it really, they didn't really give us a timeline, Sarah. Right. They didn't tell us where he attended events during right. CPAC at the time. Now, more information has come out since. But Saturday night, we didn't know a whole heck of a lot about this gentleman other than he was receiving treatment in new jersey and he contracted the virus before cpac and was showing symptoms i believe on saturday but i'm not mistaken so i'm having this minor medical procedure it's scheduled on monday and i thought to myself self maybe you should call and find out if you should reschedule because listen you don't have it but if you do then you're the jerk that exposed a whole bunch of medical personnel to the coronavirus without telling them that there was a possibility. Right, no. You know, you don't want that on your shoulders. No. no. So, uh, you know, it's, it's Saturday night. And the feeling's right. Uh, right. So, uh, I look, and obviously I can't call the doctor's office. So I'm wondering what my options are. Well, my health network, where the doctor, the doctor's a part of this health network, mm-hmm. they have a coronavirus hotline. Of course they do. Yes. So I thought to myself, okay, I will call the coronavirus hotline and ask them for guidance. Am I being paranoid? Um, should I go ahead with the procedure as scheduled? What let, let the coronavirus hotline guide me in the right direction, Sarah? Be the be your voice of reason, yes. the person to guide you through the darkness. Right. I'm calling them, and I want them to say, "Help me, help you, help yes. me, help you." That's what I was looking for. And honestly, I didn't want to expose. The medical personnel to coronavirus if I potentially had it. But also there was, I don't want to give too much away about the medical procedure I was going to have, but there's a lot of prep work the day before that you have to do for this procedure. And I really didn't want to have to go through all of it only to find out the morning of when you walk into the office, walk into the surgery center and they start asking you the questions they ask. I'm sure now one of the top three is, do you think you have been exposed to the coronavirus? Ab- I, absolutely. So one of the first questions they'll ask. Right. So I call the one eight hundred were Corona, and I got a, a lovely nurse practitioner mm-hmm. on the line, and I told her my situation. I said, "Do I need to reschedule this?" And she said, "Oh, let me put you on hold." I'm sorry. Did you say you called one eight hundred got Corona? <laughs> Okay. You, you slipped it in really fast there. I just wanted to make sure I caught that. Thank you. Give everybody else a chance to get it's early. It's early in the morning, so I want to make sure everybody got that one. Okay, on? so they so they <laughs> <laughs> Oh 
hi, young lady. Puts you on hold. Yes. She comes back <laughs> and she said, thank you so much. I, I, I'm really appreciative that you made this telephone call. And uh, this is early on in the 1-800-GOT-CORONA phone hotline, I'm sure. It was like, if you were sure. one of the first people back in the 90s to call Miss Cleo to ask what your fortune was, what the future was going to be, I'm sure Miss Cleo was a lot more excited with the first couple phone calls than uh, phone <laughs> right. call uh, 7,412. So... Uh, this was her time to show. Right, she's got like her fresh right, she's got her fresh binder in front of her, like none of the pages are creased or torn yet. She's in spoke. <laughs> yeah. 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 So so you got you got you got uh, the perfect window. That's right. So she says to me, Listen, uh you were you were right. We need to cancel your procedure. And oh by the way, um we're putting you in self quarantine for seven days. Uh Lock yourself in a room if you live with someone. Stop it. Listen to this. Lock yourself in a room. She said, do you have family that uh, lives with you? Yes, I do. I've got children. Yep, 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 got children. Do you have pets? Because this could harm your pet. No, I don't have a pet. Okay, well, we need to... Oh, I haven't even thought about the pet thing yet. Oh, yeah. I I read a piece. uh, I'm going to quickly get sidetracked here for about 30 seconds i read a piece uh from a professor a visiting professor who's from great britain he was um, teaching in wuhan he got it he stayed at home he got through it with hot toddies and and stuff uh his kitten died from it the kitten caught it from him what the kitten oh my god oh yeah. Oh. So yeah. So so this woman That's asked sad. me about my pets. I don't have any pets. So she said, "Lock yourself in a room and keep yourself away from anyone who lives with you." And then I, I my natural, naturally, next the, the follow up question is, "Well, do they have to self quarantine?" No, they don't have to. Apparently, there was a, two degrees of separation. I guess, but as long as I. Did not show any symptoms. There was no need for anyone else in the house to self-quarantine. Okay. That's fair, I guess. So I roll my eyes because, like I said, this is one person in a convention of 15,000 people. I said, okay, that's fine. So I lock myself in my little... I, I built a sunroom slash radio studio. And so I've got uh, my air right. mattress in... The studio. The only thing this is missing to make a, a complete bachelor pad is if I had a hot plate, Sarah. Then, nice. One of those. How about how about one of those little? Do you have a mini fridge? Uh, no, I don't have a mini fridge in here. But depending on how this, you need a mini goes, fridge and a hot plate. Yeah, mini fridge and hot plate, and you got to sit the the hot plate on top of the mini fridge. That's how it works. Right. Exactly. So exactly. I go to bed the first night on my really cool air mattress that deflated uh, about 18% over the course of the night. <laughs> I, wake mm, up, of I, wake course. Up, I wake up to a phone call. It's an infection disease specialist. Called you? Infectious disease specialist called me. <gasps> said, oh, uh, stop it. Said, hey, soul brother. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was told 
that uh, the Washington, D.C. Health Department contacted you and, and told you that someone had the coronavirus uh, at a conference you attended. And I said, well, no, that's not accurate. The, the people who ran the conference uh, told me that. And uh, there were 15,000 people there, I'm guessing, and it was one person. And he said, well, this is overkill. But yeah, stay self-quarantined for seven days. And oh, by the way, I contacted the county health department and gave you all gave them all your information so now i'm on a list stop it now i'm on a list <sighs> and you haven't even been tested or shown symptoms nothing. or anything nothing 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 so then i have to go through you know uh, you know everybody here at wham has been fantastic uh, i have another gig um they've been fantastic too but it was panic mode because they don't want it to get out that someone at work had potentially tested positive for the coronavirus, which I didn't even, that didn't even happen to me. But you know how it starts when you work at a rather large business, the rumors start flying. It'll be, oh, fingers uh, tested positive for the coronavirus, even though he didn't. Of course. <laughs> I was just quarantined because I was around someone. Uh, it'll be, oh, fingers tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, we think he has hepatitis uh, F. And uh, right, right, it's scurvy. Right. He's got all that. And, and your children will be socially uh, um, ostracized. Uh, ostracized. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, <sighs> so for you know the past uh, several days, I have been self quarantining, and the weather's been terrible. And I've got a little pond in my backyard and i'm henry fonda in on golden pond where i'm just watching ducks fly and land oh in the pond for those and of you under 50 uh ask jeeves <laughs> on golden pond no symptoms no. nothing no i feel fine but just because you happen to have a doctor's appointment in the window if your doctor's appointment had been on tuesday you would have been able to call the doctor and cancel your appointment this probably still would have happened anyway it probably still would have happened anyway, because here's here's my theory on this, and then let's get to your story, Sarah. And oh. it's this. If we could pump truth serum into the commissioner of baseball, uh -huh. the NBA commissioner, mm -hmm. the people who at the NCAA who run March Madness, mm -hmm. NASCAR, the list, all the things that have been canceled or at least announced that they will hold the event with no spectators which i don't know uh, if things have changed but that's the last i heard from the nascar event this weekend in atlanta mm -hmm. if we could pump these people full of truth serum would they say okay we're doing this primarily as a, a precautionary measure because of the the current health crisis due to the coronavirus or is it we don't want to get sued I would love oh. to know the answer to that question. I would love to to believe that this is purely because of the health care the, or the, 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 the health scare, the, the crisis, this coronavirus spread. But you're already seeing people suing. The lawsuits are already starting to fly. Wait, who's suing? There's a, a couple right now who is, I, I, at last I checked, they're probably off the boat now. They already filed a lawsuit. They were still on the cruise ship. <sighs> and here, oh, God. I, you know, here's the bad part about what's going on here because the 
cable news networks have been absolutely terrible about this. It has been nonstop coverage, and it's depending on the network, it's either Trump has done everything beautifully and has handled this masterfully, and he can walk on water, or Trump created <laughs> the coronavirus um, on accident. And uh, he was trying to create, uh, you name it, something else evil. And he came across, and it's all his fault. And everything that he does, um, he's a bumbling boob. And it's panic, 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 panic on, on cable news. I feel like the place to go for reasonable discussion and information on the coronavirus is talk radio and podcasts. Right. I agree. The Joe Rogan podcast was excellent this week. He had an infectious disease expert on, and and the guy laid it all out. He said, this is serious. It's going to get worse, but we're going to be okay in the end. Unfortunately, people are going to die, and that's terrible. But wash your hands. Live your life. uh, Try to distance yourself socially. If you can, work from home, work from home. Um, But be prepared. This is going to last over the course of months, not days. Okay. I think if you sell it to the American right. people that way, people will understand. But I think a lot of people are under this false impression that this will all be over in a couple of weeks because that's how long schools are closed. Right. Exactly. No. <laughs> this is just the beginning, folks. So share with everyone your story because you were at CPAC as well. and uh, I was at CPAC. And... Uh, so what happened was I made out with Ted Cruz <laughs> on Friday afternoon. You too? <laughs> he does this counterclockwise swirl with his tongue. Magic. So romantic. <laughs> Sends a tingle up my leg. Uh, um, so I was at CPAC on Thursday and, f- um, and Friday, right? Yeah. Thursday and Friday, I was there from... 6 a.m. to well, uh, I was daytime. There was uh, no, I wasn't there late at night. I didn't do my standard, you know, drinking with everybody at the hotel stuff because I live close by now. I wasn't staying on the island, as they call it, down in the harbor. I just came down for the day and went home for the evening. Yes. So Friday afternoon, uh. I was with our friend Tony Katz, mm-hmm. who you can hear on WIBC out of Indianapolis, ladies and gentlemen. And he broadcast till one o'clock. And around tw- and we had done a bunch of interviews all day. And around twelve thirty, I just like hit a wall. I had a hot flash, um, ladies. If you know, it was of it's of my time that hot flashes happen every month. So it, it was. I just kind of had a moment, right? I was. Uh, I'm I'm done. I got to check out for the day. You, you know. hit the Wuhan wall. The second I stepped outside, I hit the Wuhan wall, if you will. Now I step outside into the nice, brisk, cool air, and the hot flash ends, and I feel fine. And I walk a half a block to my car, and I go home. I go home 20 minutes earlier than I was planning on going home in the first place. Go. Okay, so Saturday night, I'm sick, and then. Uh, my fiance gets sick. Uh, we have fevers. Uh, no gross flu things, but we definitely both have fevers, and we definitely both have a cough, like a chest congestion thing. 
I'm very much a holistic healer. So I'm looking for certain things. I'm looking for my fever to go up above 102. And I'm looking for my coughing stuff to have color to it, right? Mm -hmm. As long as it's opaque, I know it's not virusy. It's just when I but not infected, right? right? So we just wrote it out. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, my fever broke in about two and a half days. My fiance's fever broke just under four days. Um, I was kind of underwater for about a week. Didn't really, we did the show last week, but I wasn't feeling well. And I know I wasn't feeling like I, I could barely even talk straight, let alone, you know, do much else. Uh, but we're all good over here now, but I don't know, guys. I might have had coronavirus. I don't. I don't know. I don't know, and I'm. I'm not going to get tested because uh, I'm not going to be on the coronavirus pandemic of 2020 government list. It's like, remember when you were a kid in school? And they're like, this is going to go on your permanent record. Yeah. And like, even as a kid, you know, you're like, uh huh, you know, whatever. Um, but this is like my permanent record. I'm not going to be 95 years old wanting to check in in my nice cushy nursing home to ride out the last decade or so of my life. Oh, sorry, you can't come into this facility. You had coronavirus in the pandemic of 2020. We have to send you to one of our you know, state facilities. You'll love it. It's a camp. You, you'll <laughs> love it. It's a camp. And so I'm not doing, I'm not said, you know, so both of us can breathe. Uh-huh. Both of us, you know, we, we self quarantined. We stayed home. I've gone, I've only gone out once in the last two weeks. It was today, actually, or I'm sorry, yesterday. Went to Big Lots, got some sponges. Um, <laughs> we did a, we, we did, Big Lots was completely sold out of all their cleaning materials. And the guy who does the stocking there looks, looked like he had had PS, has PS, PTSD. He was like, everybody's coming. I didn't understand what was going on. It was, oh man, it was something else out there. But I don't know. So I, you, I may be a coronavirus survivor. Can you imagine there are some bars at night and all the retail people are showing up in their smocks? Yes. Oh, Jim, what happened today? A big lot. Wouldn't oh. believe what I believe what I saw today. I've seen some things, man. I've seen some things. <laughs> they came after the sanitizer. It's falling apart out there. Yeah, they came after the hand sanitizer and it wasn't enough. Then they went after the Clorox. Then the toilet paper. Has anyone seen Sarah? <laughs> Sarah, we lost Sarah. <laughs> God, we lost Sarah. She's gone. She was the one stocking the toilet paper. <laughs> we can't find her. Oh, good Lord. So that right there, there, there's a good possibility. Everything that you've told me about your experience, mm-hmm. uh, based on my experience as Dr. Google and watching uh, several episodes of MASH, I'm confident that you probably had the coronavirus. And uh, Me too. And... I, is it like chicken pox? I believe so. I think uh, once you clear like, it, so, you'll be okay. So I've, you know, like my body has now developed the immunity that it needs to beat this virus because I beat the virus with hot toddies and sleep. There you go. Uh, there it is, everybody. Hot to- hot toddies, chicken soup, and napping. Oh, speaking of napping, we're going to take a short nap. And by that, I mean a break. 
And when we oh. come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more oh. about the coronavirus because that's what everyone's talking about. So more of the snark factor on Wham Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM, right after this. Hi, this is Chuck Woolery. You're listening to the Snark Factor on FTR Radio. And we'll be back in two and two. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and you're listening to The Snark Factor with Fingers Malloy, the future. The five biggest tech companies lost more than $400 billion in value on Thursday. How was your week? Uh, welcome back to The Snark Factor. I'm Fingers Malloy. Sarah Smith is womaning the news desk, and a uh, surprise guest joining us right now on The Snark Factor Hotline. It's our good pal Steven Cruiser from PJ Media. Steven, how are you, sir? Fine, thank you. Great to be here. Long time no snark for me. <laughs> right? Well, you know, you were at CPAC, and we spent the whole first segment talking about coronavirus, and we could move on and talk about something else, but why bother? This is dominating the national. What world. else is there in the news right now? There's nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, you, there's nothing else. Right. You've got these, all these tech companies have, you know, lost a, a crap ton of value. If, if you need anything to back up your limited toilet paper supply in your house, you can use your 401k. Uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your coronavirus experience because you're kind of in a similar boat than I'm in. Yeah. I mean, once you got shut down, I figured, you know, I was spent three quarters of the weekend with you. So I might as well. You know, I'm sure that if I called my doctor, he would have said the same thing. Yeah. But I was just, you know, I figured, look, and it's the prudent thing to do. But we also know that I, I, this whole work remotely thing, that's what I do. So it's my self-quarantine, day-to-day life, same thing. Right. Um, I had to cancel two social outings is what it was. And I didn't go to church last week. But I've been very conscientious about it, responsible about it. But I think that what's happened in the last two days is sheer insanity. I think everybody's shutting down everything. I like my daughter's at the end of her collegiate athletic career got canceled in a heartbeat today. Yeah. Um, the NCAA just said, we're all done. And she's crestfallen. I'm depressed. And it's just, I, we, we've, we've crossed the line from being responsible to, to everybody just panic with cancel all everything. I, I didn't, I was supposed to fly to Michigan this weekend, as you know. Yeah. And, I told my sister, my sister said, well, even if, you know, my daughter's not coming, she said, why don't I go? And I said, because I might get there and then they're going to suspend air travel. Right. And then I'm going to get stuck in Michigan. I said, so that's, that's how I'm looking at everything now. So, because I, I think the air travel thing's probably going to come soon. I wouldn't be surprised. And you may find uh, if it's not forced shutdown, a forced shutdown of airlines, you're going to have, we've already seen, uh, airlines where they're they're flying planes that are 95 percent empty you can't keep doing that uh and, and and think you're going to stay in business very long yeah it's it, it and the ripple effect of this is you know congress is preparing a stimulus package now there nobody nobody's out there paying corporate taxes where are they going to get the stimulus from? I, are they going to start printing it i mean you can start seeing this roiling thing that's going to happen to the economy now because then the fed's going to go do the thing where they just make the money up you know yeah and then that ruins the economy too so every i'm there's nobody there's nobody going to be contributing to the tax base here soon and it's just kind of it's 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 scary what's going on right now and i don't believe any of it is necessary 
I think that we need to take this very seriously. I I, I do uh, see some things from the right online that trouble me about people that are just completely laughing this off and saying it's completely overblown. Well, I don't think you can look at what's going on in Italy and South Korea and say this is this is ridiculous. It's completely overblown. You have to take it seriously. But yes. I mean, uh, my kids' schools, they just announced today they're, they're shutting down for a month. Uh, you know, the, the, the idea that Major League Baseball just shut down, the NBA shut down. I mean, we were thinking two days ago, Stephen, that maybe these Major League sports leagues would continue to operate but just without fans because of the huge tv contracts but they just took it a step further and said eh, you know what we're, we're just shutting down it's it's amazing to watch which means which means as we were discussing earlier that now the television people don't have any work right i mean once i talked to someone today who knows somebody who works at espn who thinks and he's not low level with espn he's upper level covers just ncaa stuff and he thinks he might be out of a job not postponed or anything he's going i I don't even know if i have a job now yeah we're just thinking about the tv networks too i mean i talked to somebody in radio today who's affiliated with a sports talk station what what can you possibly talk about (laughs) when you're on a 24 hour a day seven day a week sports format when there's no sports i I have to talk about how weird it is that there aren't any sports (laughs) right yes or you go full Howard Stern and just talk about hot chicks. There you go. Seriously, you have to turn into barstool sports. You're right. It's it's just all hot chicks all the time. I mean, barstool will survive this. I think barstool's the only sports uh, network model that will survive something like this. Yeah, barstool is going to just like order an liquor. Everybody's going to get hammered, <laughs> and they're going to have a boy. I, I, mean, I might I might put in an application over there right now. <laughs> Right. All they have to do, they can just get into like long debates, like philosophical debates about who would have won what games and like what teams would have done what if they played this season. Yeah, it's just make it up. Just like, okay, here's the game that was supposed to be played today. Here's how I think it would have (laughs) gone. Right. It could be like, I mean, there's there's your radio model. Right. (laughs) They got to do something. Look, somebody somebody call El Presidente. We've got we got something to pitch to him. But here's another thing. Okay, so Broadway shuts down tonight. Mm-hmm. So then Broadway shuts um, down. Huge. So then everything. So now Colbert is shutting down. He was going to do it with no audience, but he's like, they, he, you know, everything that's near Broadway right now, the tapes down there in New York, they're shutting down now. Cause there's not going to be anybody there. Right. So mm-hmm. now I don't. I don't know. I don't know where companies get the money to keep paying everybody if nobody's doing anything. That's my. That's kind of what I'm getting at here. Right. I mean. I, I'm sure there are contingency plans in somewhere, somewhere, but after a while, everybody can't keep getting paid if nobody anywhere is doing anything. Right. Disney, Disney's closed. What about all the people that work at and for the Disney Corporation? And that's a lot in the two. A lot in the, in the two major parks. Now, I in that one, I almost understand because I love Disney World and, and not Disney World. I love Disneyland because I'm normal and from the West, and I like the original. Um, I love Disneyland irrationally. When I go there, it's the second I walk up, I'm a nine-year-old boy again. And I, I freaking love that place. 
I would not go to Disneyland right now at all. If right. Disneyland called to say, hey, free park hopper passes for four days. You want to come over? I would like, no. <laughs> so that's one of the places that I would avoid right now. You love Vegas. Would you go to Vegas right now? Absolutely not. There's no way I would go. No. To, look, I, I love McDonald's. I don't even want to go to McDonald's, especially if I'm going in the restaurant and I have to use one of those kiosks. Because you know the kiosks is covered with, they're just covered with a whole bunch of awful things. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. you just, we just have to be smart. That's all. Yes. And, and I feel that in the beginning of the week, we were all being smart. Right. <laughs> I feel. Yes. Tuesday, it's yes. Tuesday, it's starting to get a little bit away from us. Yesterday, we went down the rabbit hole. Today, I'm begging for an alternative universe that I can hop to, and we need that technology now where I can go where people aren't losing their minds and everybody isn't giving up on it. You know, we're not about to drive the greatest economy in the world into the toilet right now because everybody's scared. Steven Cruiser of PJ Media joins us on The Snark Factor. I'm Fingers Malloy. Sarah Smith is here as well. And the real interesting thing that is going to come of all this is okay we we're, we're doing this we're shutting down all the major sporting events travel is being limited outside of the country uh domestic flights are running empty uh the like i said the schools are canceling being canceled college campuses are shutting down what how are they going to determine an end point to this are we just going to pull a date out of the hat and say ah oh, you know what april 13th that sounds good to me Let's, let's just try to bring everything back April 13th and hope for the best. I, I'm going to be interested to see how and when they make a decision as to when everything should start trying to be returned back to normal again. That's what would make me feel better. If there were, if there were metrics in place for what we're trying to achieve here, are we trying to arrest the rate of growth of infection? Are we waiting until it levels off? Are we waiting until it ends completely? If they had any of that in place, but it's just like, okay, we're shutting everything down. When are you opening back up? Don't know. Don't care. You know, it's, it's, if there were, if it's so that to me is what makes it a panicky response. A reasoned response would be, we're going to suspend operations for now until this, this, and this happen. Right. But right. nobody, nobody is doing, virtually nobody's doing that yet. Like when my daughter texted me today, I said, so what are you going to do? She said, she's going to keep training. She said she was sad, which is a lot for her. If she says that in text, it means she's super, super sad. Yeah. But she's going to keep running. She's going to keep running. And she said, hopefully things will turn around. Because they gave her nothing beyond the statement that, you know, we've all read today. That's all the NCAA gave the athletes, too. Well, we we talked about this in the first segment, Stephen. And it feels like so much of this is just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks Uh there was an incredible statement made at a press conference today in Ohio by health officials there where they said they believed, and, and we're recording this, unfortunately, on Thursday for Sunday morning broadcast, but on Thursday, they stated that they believed 100,000 people in Ohio currently are carrying the coronavirus. Yes, and they can't test them quickly enough to find out. And the, the the question, you know, there's been a lot of criticism of the Trump administration, and I do believe some of it is justified, at least the messaging coming out of the president's face and on his Twitter account hasn't been uh, always stellar in the last couple of weeks regarding this. But so far, you're, you're seeing people say, like uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio in New York and uh, our favorite governor in California, Governor Newsom, actually giving the Trump administration some praise uh, when it comes to dealing with this. There's kind of a disconnect between messaging 
from the president and what's really being done on the ground by uh, the feds. Uh, but how how would you grade how the federal government has handled this? I, I guess the main criticism so far is the, the Trump administration, basically Donald Trump's messaging and the, the rollout of the tests. But I think it's kind of unfair to expect tests to just drop out of thin air for, for this virus, don't you? Well, yeah, this is one of those things where, you know, the quarterback's always going to get blamed for the team's failure, but it's not like it's not like the executive branch can manufacture the test, right. you know, or if it's not like the tests were all sitting out there and all they needed to do was declare an emergency. Because when they declare an emergency, it triggers funds. They're, they're, there's money that's released automatically if a state or the feds do that. And it's, but it's not like they could just declare a state of emergency and then go buy all the tests because there weren't any tests to buy. That's, <laughs> that's the problem here. It's, and so I think I, it's, it's funny you mentioned what the president says because, you know, I'm a fan of the guy now. Yeah. I rarely listen to what he says. <laughs> everybody, every, everybody who hangs, who hangs on his every word hates him and they want to just beat him up for that. And I'm going like, I, you know, I really don't care what the president says about this. I care what the CDC says. They were a little coy. They were being shy about the numbers. They weren't being completely forthcoming. I'm much more concerned about that. Yeah. than I am about anything that Trump said. The fact that the CDC was just playing footsie there for a while and not being really honest about everything because that's there's, that's the go-to agency for this, not the Oval Office. Right. So let, let's find out what they're doing. And, and, I, and I think that their efforts, everybody's efforts in the last four days, I think have become as good as they possibly could be. Everybody's flying by the seat of their pants, not really knowing what they're dealing with. But I, I think it's gotten much better. You know, the, he did the presidential address, and I know that's supposed to make some people feel better. Those, I, you know, I've been going through those for a lot of years now. None of them have ever done anything for me. Right. But, um, but I think I, I think yeah, it's gotten better. And you know, Trump says weird stuff all the time, but I never pay any attention to that because he's not the guy we should be listening to right now. Anyway. Well, I mean, that's what. But that's what we elected. And it seems like a lot of people still have a hard time. And even I struggle with it sometimes. I think to myself, can't you be more of a statesman just this one time? But he he's wired to be an optimist and he's a businessman. So everything's the greatest. Everything that he's doing is the best. We're going to get through this. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, so, you know, you have to keep reminding yourself that that's his makeup. And if you do that, and look at the results, and everything's okay. But you're right. If you hang on every word and expect him to to turn into Ronald Reagan, it's it's not going to happen. And and you know what? That's okay. Well, my friends, my good friends, Fingers and Sarah, in the book I wrote last year called Straight Out of Feelings, <laughs> available at Amazon.com. Um, available at Amazon.com. I discuss the fact that. The very thing, right, what you just said is for years, we all said right and left. This is a bipartisan thing. We all kept saying, you know, we're tired of politics as usual. We don't want to elect, you know, career politicians. So we finally get this guy who's the antithesis of a career politician, the antithesis of a Beltway guy. And there, and then everybody's suddenly aghast that he's not. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. he's different. We got, we wanted some, oh, wait, he, oh, we didn't want him to be different all the time. We just wanted him to be different for a minute so we could like him. And now we want him to be, you know, the Capitol Hill Club Republican with his red tie. Right. And 
I the thing I the thing I like about him is that he's not a career politician. If he he can go scorched earth right now, he doesn't he doesn't care if he wins. He's still gonna have his own plane. You know, <laughs> he doesn't need Air Force One when he's done with this. He's still got his own plane. Right. So that's the that's the, the yeah you're right. That's the thing with him. Everybody you know wants to. It's in the beginning it was really funny because you know how everybody was just angry that he tweeted all the time. Left right everybody was complaining about the fact that he tweeted, and then. He would used to tweet pretty regularly every Saturday morning. And then the first Saturday after he was inaugurated that he didn't tweet, the media was in a panic because they were dying for him to tweet. Where's daddy? Please tell me you love me. I need a hug. No, it's, it's, it's wild. It, 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 these situations, you know, you, you, there is that natural tendency to to look to the president to be a calming force, and that's that's the thing that I find comical about the whole thing is okay, maybe he downplayed it a little bit too much, but it was only to try to calm people down, uh, which is what I thought we were supposed to be looking for in a leader instead of, uh, Hey, maybe he should have gotten on uh, the television and say, listen, I want every American to run out to their local Costco and buy toilet paper. Maybe that would have made everybody feel better. Can we just make sure you buy lots of toilet paper and white vinegar? Yes. And white. Oh yeah. I forgot the vinegar. Can we just get to the obvious thing here? Um, it really doesn't matter what Trump did the media was going to fault him. Right. He could have cured it the first day by himself. <laughs> and the media was, would have said, well, you know, he just didn't let the medical professionals do their jobs. Now they're out of work. <laughs> they would have done something like, because there's virtually nothing he could have done that would have satisfied the angry mob that is the American mainstream political media. You're saying there's nothing he could have done uh, that would have made Don Lemon look in the camera and say, Mr. President, job well done. <laughs> Never would have happened? I'm almost certain. No, he could have. Yeah, so there, so there, there really is. That, this is a game we keep playing with every situation because, you know, it's his Chernobyl, his Katrina, his, you know, his agony in the garden, whatever you keep. It's always something. <laughs> and, and, and they they have been just looking for things. They parse every word that he says. Meanwhile, eight years of Obama, he could say the dumbest stuff ever, and he often did. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we all know we were all paying attention to that. If, right. if, if paying attention, if even if the other side wasn't, and you know, Obama would get a free pass because they were. It was all about the ideas with him, never about what he really anything he really said. He would say the dumbest, dumbest things. I mean, he basically basically unleashed an eight year long war on cops. Yeah, with like three or four awful things that he said during press conferences. Well, he was the first president in my lifetime that I could watch him address a crowd for five minutes with lofty language and not say anything at all. Oh yeah. It was the cotton can. He was a cotton candy orator. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of, lot of, lot of stuff there, but nothing, no substance, no substance at all. No substance at all. And now you see Joe Biden the, the things that he has done just in the, in the last week, I was watching a little bit of the Young Turks, and the Young Turks the other night were going absolutely crazy because here you had Joe Biden yell at an auto worker, shush his female staffer in a way that, for, forget Donald Trump, if he would have acted that way, if Bernie Sanders had acted that way, 
the the media would have lost their minds. And Biden continues yeah. to get a free pass when he says stupid things, when he's confrontational with voters, or, or how he treats, uh, you know, it, it may not be a binders full of women, but it's a female staffer, and he could he could treat right. her like she's uh, dirt, and the media just, well, that's just that's just Uncle Joe being Uncle Joe. Because stutter. Um, yeah. Because he has his oh, imaginary right. stutter right. buddy from boyhood. Stutter. Yep. It's, it's simply amazing. It's going to be so much fun to watch. Uh, this is going to be the, not the coronavirus, the election uh, cycle. Uh, Same thing. <laughs> I think the, I think I think the coronavirus is the election cycle now. Like you said to me the other day, if Biden gets elected, the next day they're going to go. Oh, by the way, everything's fine. You can go back. Right? <laughs> there's there's no danger whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard not to think miraculously just just by. It's true, and that's what that's exactly what they would do. It'd just be like by some miraculous turn of events, like oh, Joe Biden was elected. He doesn't even have to be. Uh, he wouldn't even have to. Day after his election, everything reopens, life back to normal. Or even we're going to Disneyland. (laughs) Yes. I mean, the the stock market. If he won, if it went up seven hundred points, they would all hail Joe Biden. Look what his presence has done to the stock market. You know what I mean? It's it's. I I get. I wouldn't let the guy. I wouldn't let the guy feed my cat. Okay, I certainly don't want him to be president of the United States. Uh, so, how do you think this? We only have a couple minutes left, Stephen. How do you think this all plays out? To me, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, we're going to get through the the month of March, and then even if they try to keep people in lockdown going into April, I don't think the American people are going to stand for. Uh, being locked down uh, when the weather starts getting nice and uh, people are going to get tired of it for a virus that many may not even know they have it once they have it. I think things will get a lot better, you know, towards the end of spring, early summer. How do you think this is all going to unfold? I really hope that that's the case because I think that this, if this carries into the summer, it can actually threaten Trump's reelection chances. I think if, you know, if, if we're going to do the if the election were held today, I think, I think Trump would shellac Biden. And I think I, I don't think there's any realistic way that all things being equal. But that this is this is now this is somebody's thumb on the scale. That's what this is with the media and everybody hyping this and trying to scare everybody and everybody's 401k is tanking because that's the only thing that was going to unravel. This was the, the economy going south. So if it lasts another couple of months, we've got problems. If it's wrapped up in a month or two by November, nobody's going to remember this. It's going to be the overhyped virus. I agree. I I have seen some sobering analysis that has said, okay, it's going to get better in summer. And then once we get into the winter months again, it's going to come back with a vengeance. And until we have a, some sort of vaccine, this, this could be something that may be a new normal for a while. And uh, boy, that's... <laughs> If this is going to be a new normal type situation, it's it's going to be very uh, odd to watch and 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 chilling for the economy. Well, then the first thing Trump should do when he's reelected is nuke China. <laughs> too drastic? Was that too awful? <laughs> Stephen Cruiser, PJ Media. Let everyone know where people can sign up for the newsletter. Or, uh, where can everyone find all things Stephen Cruiser? 
Yeah, I do the morning briefing every weekday. So go to newsletter, the PGA Media site, and they give, it'll give you all the town hall banner newsletters. The very last one is PJ Media. Just make sure that that one is checked. And then you'll get my morning briefing delivered to your inbox every day at 7.05 a.m. Eastern, I believe. And where can everyone find you on social media? Stephen Cruiser on Twitter and um, Cruiser Words on Facebook. That's what it is. That's where all my writing updates are. But Stephen Cruiser on Twitter because Twitter is still fun for the people who make it fun. Everybody who complains about it is just a whiner. Yes. Agreed, Stephen Cruiser. Right. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's fun. Thanks, Still Steven. a lot of fun. Thanks. Great talking to both of you. You too. That's Thanks, it Steven. for the Snark Factor this week. She is Sarah. I'm Fingers. We'll be back next week with an all-new Snark Factor on Wham Talk 1600 AM, 92.7 FM. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Snark Factor podcast on Apple Podcasts and find it on TuneIn and Fireside.